0: Welcome to the Stray Dog Film Lounge, where three stray dogs have bonded over our love of movies. I'm Colin. My name's Ross. And I'm Ian. Today we'll be discussing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Let's talk about this piece of shit.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's it's pretty rough. It didn't uh, land the landing, to say the least it it really feels that these days like whenever I watch a new MCU film my reaction usually is wow this would be better if James Gunn directed it yeah I'm not saying that because I think James Gunn is like the best superhero filmmaker I would probably give that to <laughs> Sam Raimi or Matt Reeves but like I just feel like so many Marvel movies now are like pale imitations of Guardians of the Galaxy for
1: sure and then, but also kind of pale imitations of like the y style, but yeah,
2: because uh, that's how it
0: started. And uh, when they found out, oh my god, this actually works and it's kind of funny, then it's like we have to do it every single movie, no matter what it is.
1: For yeah, every and everybody's got to be a comedian. Yeah. Like, yeah. But first, let's uh, let's before we talk uh, more in depth about the state of the MCU, uh, what what is Ant Man and the Wasp quantum mania? About.
2: I'm glad you asked that, Ross. <laughs> so, Quantumania is all about the Pimp family, and Scott Lank in particular as the protagonist. When his family is sucked into the atomically small quantum realm, Ant Man has to save the realm from the exiled Conqueror King in order to get his loved ones back home.
1: Yeah, that's pretty solid. Good job. Good job.
0: When you said Pim, I thought you said Pimp. Pimp family.
2: <laughs> it, it would be interesting if if Michael Douglas's character Hank Pym used to be a pimp. I could see that. Because I usually think that Michael Douglas's characters work best when they are uh, insatiably horny and pissed off. And, like, I, I feel like this movie certainly does not have Michael Douglas in his true form as a pissed off, horny man. And that's not the reason why this movie doesn't work, but th- it's it, it's only it's only a little small nitpick that I would have if this movie was better. Mm-hmm. But since this movie has so many problems, I'm not even gonna care about Mike Douglas not being the true Mike Douglas in this movie. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get in get
1: dig into like where this movie stands in the the MCU at uh, this like big giant you know, conglomerate of a, of a franchise, you know. And I, I think it's really weird how this is the start of phase five, but it feels like we just went through phase four and absolutely nothing happened in phase four. So this starts phase five? I didn't know that. Yeah, this is the start of phase five. And so basically, like, phases one through three were called the Infinity Saga, right? And now we're in the Multiverse Saga, which... I, uh, I I hate this the implications sucks. of multiverse at this point uh, for Marvel uh. movies. It just feels like an excuse to mesh franchises together in a in a more convoluted way.
2: Yeah, the biggest flaw with any multiverse movie is that you can't really form an emotional attachment to a new variant if you don't first set up that variant.
1: Yeah, which is why like Spider-Man No Way Home works. Yeah, because Mm
2: -hmm. you already knew those variants. Yeah. And it's possible, like, if you're a really effective visual storyteller, you can certainly set up all the different variants like they did in Everything Everywhere all at once. But the thing is that the Marvel filmmakers, I don't want to say aren't talented enough to do it, because I feel like if they had the creative freedom, they could. But with the current formula of making movies and the lack of uh, character introspection... I really don't think that they're efficient enough of storytellers to set up each new variant.
1: Well, it's aimless now. Yeah, I mean, here's my here's my bigger problem about why they've kind of lost their way is like the first couple phases of the MCU. It was pretty clear how the structure worked, you know, like in Phase One especially. It was like movie happens, very straightforward. Like this is a standalone movie with the introducing this character. And he, the character goes on a, a hero's journey, right? And then in the ends, uh, Nick Fury shows up and he's like, "I'm talk, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative," right? And you're like, "Oh, what's this leading to, right?" And then in so like, cool. And then you know, and Holy then and then and then, in like, and then in phase two, and at the end of phase one, there's like you know they're sprinkling sprinkling in things about Thanos and stuff. It's like, ooh, this is building up to something, right? Uh, but there's still, like, complete movies. Yeah. And now, like, when you look at Phase 4, which just ended, none of these movies built up to anything at the end, right? So it's like... Like, Phase 4, just to sum it up, is was Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever Were the th- were all the movies in Phase 4. So I'm not sure... Like what was supposed to be their big finale movie, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? Because like they didn't, you know, like, like they didn't do a movie where Shang Chi, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, Thor, and 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 Black Panther team up.
0: They didn't do an Avengers movie. This is the thing that was so clear, like you said, in those first couple of phases. They, yeah. especially that first Avengers movie of how they all teamed up. It was like, okay, we know. Tony Stark, Steve Rogers. We even know a little bit of Black Widow,
2: Thor, and the Hulk. They, you know, recast it twice. <laughs> and, unfortunately, I think that had to do a lot with Joss Whedon. Uh, Joss Whedon had... controversial
0: o- at this point, too.
2: but Incredibly yeah. controversial, and rightfully so. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is Joss Whedon had had years maybe even decades working as a TV writer. And so on shows like Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'm sure a few other ones that I'm missing out. And his experience with television really helped him with structure and just tying hmm. things together. And I think that that definitely uh, helped give that really cool cliffhanger type of structure to phase 1 of the MCU. Cuz I don't know about you guys, but I remember I was so fucking excited to see Nick Fury in on of a Marvel movie in the beginning. Like anytime when he came Iron on Man screen... the ending.
1: We, I don't think yeah. we can oh, yeah. uh, we can't credit Joss Whedon for that. All Joss Whedon contributed in phase 1 mm-hmm. was he wrote and directed the first Avengers movie.
0: But he did yeah. bring everything together yeah. full circle yeah, exactly. at the end of that phase and then set up even the next one, because again, Colin, I think you may be the second comic book geek here. Yes. But, dude, when Thanos showed up at that one, I think the mid credit scene, because like the end was then with Shawarma. Go, twa- but um, yeah, yeah, but like when I saw Thanos, I was just like, "No shit, is that yeah. the next one?" That it, yeah, just but the fucking thing is, is crazy. that like
1: what 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 Joss Whedon did. Was that like what 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 his talents were used because he's he, because he's a TV writer he's good at writing for ensemble casts and also he's really good at writing comedy while staying while being true to the characters like he's he has his quippy dialogue but yeah. he is good at writing quippy dialogue for specific characters like they never seem out of character Tony Stark always feels like Tony Stark exactly. Captain America is always because Cap.
2: he he never wrote quippy dialogue for like yeah. Black Widow. You know what I mean? Because he's not a really a creepy yeah. character. He's a secret agent who's been trained to kill.
1: But it's like they're so. But the lines are so. They they make so much sense for the characters. Like, uh, like like when uh Captain yeah. America is first reacting to the idea of of Thor being a god, he's like, not like any god I've ever seen, or something like that. Because he's like, you know, he's just a Christian, regular American guy.
2: No, and that 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 initial tension between Captain America and Iron Man. Was fucking great. I love that. Yeah, it's a great response. Yeah, love it.
1: And and I think the thing is that they learned. Ma- Marvel took all the wrong lessons, or maybe Disney. Maybe Disney's more to blame, because Kevin Feige was doing a really good job with the first couple phases, and then, and then and then Disney around the time Disney Plus came in, I think that's when everything started to fall apart. Yeah, but I think I think they took all the wrong lessons from, the uh, the success of the Avengers and and then like a lot of Phase Two which is like, they think like, oh, we need to emphasize expanding the world and we need to emphasize quips, just jokes for the sake of jokes. And that's not the correct lesson. It should be, you know, story first and then uh, expanding the world second. Because like, why would anyone care about the world if the stories suck? And I think uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania is a perfect summation of everything they've gotten wrong... From these <laughs> wrong lessons they've yes. taken
2: <laughs> <sighs> Yes I mean Every Mostly every actor who was in this movie Looked like they didn't want to be there I feel
0: like everybody was confused Like everybody thought they were in a different movie
2: Especially like they, I wrote this in my letterbox review I feel like they gave Michael Douglas The worst lines of dialogue Ever written and he looked embarrassed to say them. Like he had, he had so many somehow Palpatine has returned to lines of dialogue that, like, I just after a while I started feeling bad for him. But I mean,
1: this is one thing I liked about the movie. I did really like Michael Douglas's delivery of of lines.
2: I like, <laughs> like ants.
1: Like everything. Yeah, I like ants. Like everything. Like all the lines. All these lines suck on paper. All these jokes he's he's being given suck on paper. But his delivery is so good. Like, like I like answer. they like, that guy looks like broccoli. Like, what? Like, that's... You know, like, that line sucks on paper, but, like, you know, like, just his delivery is When he is does worse. it, it's different. Yeah, because he's Michael Douglas. He's a pro.
2: Michael Douglas rules, man. I, re- I really like him as an actor, and I just... I, I really felt like they didn't know what to do with his character. Yeah, his because
0: movie. he's supposed to be... I mean, he's supposed to be, like, the grandfather of the the first ant-man but it's they just fucked it up because he's just now uh oh wow i'm old yeah i don't understand what's going on here now but i
1: mean i kind of i kind of thought his character worked really well in the first uh in the first two ant-mans oh oh, absolutely wait real quick what are you guys' thoughts on the first two ant-mans uh I like the first one, but I don't
0: love it. I was sort of like, okay, cool that they made me give a shit about Ant Man for the first one. Then the second one, I just I, I don't know, it, it wasn't great. It was yeah. pretty average at I, best.
1: I, I, I rewatched the the first one in preparation for for this episode. And honestly, it's fucking solid. Ant, the first Ant-Man, fun movie, really solid. It it, ha, it has fun with the gimmick. It's, you know, it's not taking itself too seriously, but it's not, it's it's not ironic. It's very, the, 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 the cinematography is great. It's very colorful. It looks, it just looks like a comic in that way that you'd want it to. And the effects are fun as hell. Like all the shrinking stuff is awesome. Like, you know, like when he's like on a, on a spinning record, hanging on to it. That's great. Love it. Uh, and then, so yeah, solid movie, solid structure. I think a lot of that has to do with like, Edgar Wright's fingerprints on it in, in the early stages. Yeah, definitely. Stages. I don't
0: think they... And yeah, uh, oh yeah, and,
1: My, and Michael Pena is really funny in it. He's yeah, very, where was he miss, he's very missed in this newest one. Um, they and, don't
2: need him to be in this new one because every character is trying to be a creepy, dumb character.
1: Yeah, but he was actually a good <laughs> he one. He was great uh, at it. He was yeah. great at being yeah, double creepy
2: character. Yeah, it was funny as hell.
1: And then as for the second one, Ant Man the Wasp, it's uh I tried to rewatch that in preparation for this, but then I remembered how boring it is. Uh it's yeah, like it's, that's a uh, good way to
0: describe it. It's yeah, very it's boring.
1: it's very drab also. It's very drab looking. Mm-hmm. Like the, I don't know I it's so much more desaturated than the first one. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, but that
0: was that look for a while that they had yeah, the did. grayscale. Yeah, because... but it's like, yeah. why'd
1: they do that for Ant Man? Yeah. yeah. And then, but that's for Ant Man. That's not, that ain't right. Yeah. Um, I like, but all you really need to know about it, like going into the third movie, is that they get Michelle Pfeiffer back from the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. And now they're back together in the end. That's really all you need to know about Ant Man the Wasp. Uh, I don't know why the Wasp is in the title. She doesn't do shit in that. And I don't know why her why the wasp is in the she title of this new does one She's Indiana. even less relevant yeah She's, She says kind of S- uh,
2: there to save Scott's ass when when he's in trouble Yeah She's like the mm-hmm. doos expert. Right, Con- wasp Yeah
1: but- Yeah so Colin what what are your thoughts on Ant-Man 1 and 2
2: So what happened is I wanted to watch the first Ant-Man movie but the night before I was up to 7:30 a.m editing away and so I started watching the movie at five p.m., and I fell asleep thirty minutes in at five thirty p.m., and I slept to noon of the next day. So suffice it to say that I did did not watch Ant Man and the Wasp. But from the th- first thirty minutes of Ant Man, I can say. That it was pretty by the books.
1: Wait, so had you not seen it? Had you not seen it in theaters when it no, came out? No,
2: I haven't. I, when I was in high school, I was a very, very much a film snob who only wanted to watch old house movies from the nineteen sixties.
1: I think the the first Ant Man, especially, solid ass movie. Uh, just because. I like when uh, I like shrinking people movies. I just love that shit.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but it has to be the story had to be better in the right. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, I think no. I think the story in the first one is solid. The story in the second one sucks, but at least it still has the fun effects. But the first one, it's got perfectly serviceable, good good jokes, memorable characters. You know, it's nothing amazing, but it's it's a fun it's a fun summer movie.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's the type of movie that that's a play at a Walmart on the, those TVs. You know what I mean? It, it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a serviceable film. I think that's why I fell asleep. during it because Peyton Reed, who has directed all the Ant Man movies, is just not a visual storyteller. Like he doesn't really do anything instinct with the camera. Whenever his characters have a conversation, they they don't move when they're talking. They stop. They look at yeah. each other, and then they both have yeah. very typical close-ups.
1: And then the the only time the, the only time the camera is really dynamic in the Ant Man movies, at least the first two, is like the shrinking stuff, and that's probably more thanks to the storyboard team and the VFX exactly. team. Exactly. Like it's all just oh, it's God, all just yeah. shoved off to another team.
2: Like Pey- Peyton Reed, like I I really don't want to shit too hard on him. But, like, I, I feel like he's, he's just one of those assembly line directors that studios are like, oh, we can control this guy. Let, let's just put him in there.
1: He's just there to get coverage when the action scenes aren't happening.
2: Exactly. That's <laughs> pretty much
1: it. I mean, you know, he's a good enough comedy director. Like, he directed, like, Yes Man. He's, like, a perfectly serviceable mainstream comedy director oh yeah uh, nothing nothing crazy and so i don't know why they were so confident in him to be able to handle this movie that takes place entirely in a sci-fi
2: world yeah the, this this ripoff of star wars it feels like a lot of times
0: oh my god the bar scenes it was just right out of star wars right yeah.
2: out of Tatooine, pretty much
1: but only the scene was more pointless
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: i mean yeah
1: like why was bill murray there
2: if there's no point except it's Bulla Murray. I want to make an instant parallel between Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and Space Jam. Okay. In Space Jam, pretty much the movie was only about 55 minutes. And the studio heads were like, how are we going to get it to at least 80 minutes? And then the director suggested that they put Bill Murray in the movie and just let him do funny <laughs> shit for 15 minutes. Brits, awesome. I think it's
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. funny.
2: No, he's funny as hell in that movie.
1: No, in Quantumania, I mean he's not funny. Oh no, fuck that.
2: In Quantumania, it feels like the Marvel Machine was like, We need another big name that we haven't used yet for a cameo. Let's use Bear Murray. And so they use Bear Murray, mm-hmm. and they just don't really use him. He's just there to to give exposition.
0: Oh, hi, Michelle Pfeiffer. How you doing? Oh, we were butts here. Oh, they didn't... Here, here's another, like, just bullshit thing that I hate about movies sometimes, where it's like they're just constantly withholding information until it's viable and necessary. It's like, oh, no, I can't tell you anything about this. Oh, she didn't tell you about this? Oh, we've been friends for years. So it's just... I, that was annoys the fuck out of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's also just like a lot of scenes of just talking in front of these ugly ass backgrounds. Reminded me of the prequels. Yeah, it is a lot like the it is a lot like the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, and also it's like the fact that because I was praising the first two Ant Man's for using the shrinking gimmick well and like you know serving on if you want that you get it a lot you know like Ant-Man 2 has so much fu- it also has fun like when they like uh, they shrink down the entire PIM facilities building down to a rolling suitcase size yeah that was cool like shit like that's awesome or like you know y- they store cars inside a little Hot Wheels container <laughs> like that's that shit's <laughs> awesome like that shit you know but like this like the, the gimmick's not there at all because there's some sub- subatomic in this world where where nothing is recognizable it doesn't matter like, when he's shrunk yeah. or when he's giant, you can't
0: really tell. Here's my question about that. It's like, obviously in the other movies, when he goes giant, he's super tall. When he goes super small, you know, or when he goes small, he's super small. But here's the thing. Because they're subatomic, when he goes giant, does that mean he's like what we would
1: consider normal size in the real world? No. No, because sub, no, subatomic he... is, is much, much smaller than <laughs> anything. I don't know shit about subatomic, so... It's, subatomic means it's smaller than
2: atoms. Oh. Ian, have you ever seen the movie Animal House? Yes. Do you remember when one the, of the students was getting high with our Professor Donald Sutherland? Of course. And he was like, so you're telling me that there's an entire universe that's on my fingertip? And Donald Sutherland was like, yes, my boy, yes. (laughs) That's pretty much the quantum realm. Yeah. Uh. It's it's something that can exist entirely, an entire universe on our fingertips. Yeah,
1: but what 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 I'm wondering is, like, how many quantum realms are there? Like, if I go to, if I'm in China and I shrink down to subatomic size, I'm going to end up in a different quantum realm that's located on a particle in China as opposed to a particle here, right? Or would it be a
0: different planet within that realm?
1: Or like if I if I stepped over a little a few feet from where I am, like and I shrunk down subtomic, I would be in a different quantum realm than the one here, than than any other one. But they but the way this movie talks about it is they're talking about like there's only one quantum realm. You're hurting my head. Yeah, right?
2: Yeah. I mean the the, the funny thing is like we wouldn't be asking these questions if the movie was entertaining.
1: Yeah. Because it, it it totally misses the point of the first of what makes the first two Ant Man's enjoyable, which is the the shri- the shrinking gimmick is like totally null because there's no reference point. You know, if Ant Man's not running around on a spoon or some shit, what's the point? You know, and 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 and, it, and also it's like the 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 non superhero characters that everyone likes. You know, Michael Pena, the Russian guy. Like, everyone likes, those, everyone likes those characters from the first two Ant-Mans, and they're just, like, not there. And so it's just, like, it's just, it's just science babble the whole time. It's dumb as shit. Yeah.
2: I mean, Ian, I think you said in the group chat that there was an original draft of it that it was MODOK and Modok leading aim in San Francisco. That was the original draft for this film?
1: That's the one Paul Rudd wrote,
0: yeah. That would have been so fucking cool.
2: Wait, wait, stop the tracks. You're saying that Paul Rudd wrote an Ant-Man movie? Oh, no, yeah, he wrote the first two. He did?
1: There are multiple screenwriters on the first two, but he's, he's one of the credited, credited screenwriters. The man's a comedian. He knows how to write.
2: Yeah, you know? I, I, yeah. D- I didn't know that. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. isn't that neat? That's neat.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> God damn it, now I'm really pissed. It re- that pisses me off even more that he was gonna do shit with aim. Oh, come on.
2: Okay, so let, let's talk about the big flying head in the room. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about fucking Modok and how terrible he was in this movie.
0: They massacred my boy,
2: Mister Electric, George Lopez, in and Shock Boy and Lava Girl is far superior to Modok in this film. And they're pretty much the s- You know, they look the same. They're the same character. They're the same character. Yeah. But George Lopez, one of the most softball comedians out there, is somehow better than Modoc in a movie that was made for $5 by Robert Rodriguez in 2006.
1: And the CGI looks better too. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, I think it's like, I don't hate the design, but the implementation doesn't work. I like when they have... The actual, like,
0: metal and the casing on him, I think that looked great. But everything else, like, when he takes it off and he just looks like some weird squishy face, it's like,
1: fuck that. His face is way too smooth. I- I'm not sure exactly how they did it. Like, I- my first thought was they just, those are, that's actual f- film footage or video footage of, of the actor. And they just stretched it out to make that make it look wide like that but also his teeth are smaller than they would be if they just did that they're like not to proportion so they they did some they did some weird shit it just kind of seems like a rush job because like i i get what they were going for but if they had more time to do it it would look better but uh aside from the effects what like what do you think of like how he's used in the story oh god
2: it makes no sense
1: ian i want to hear ian's thoughts okay he's the Modoc head so So,
0: the the character originally the whole origin of it for this is completely different i don't mind the way they did it because it ties back to the first ant-man and i like yellow jacket in that one but i think my biggest problem is the way he's used because in the comics he's he's super intelligent and in this At some point someone's just like Well just don't be a dick And that he's controlled by Kang I'm like Are you fucking kidding me? Like Yeah I'm not saying that Modog is smart enough to You know Get Kang out of there But at the same time He could have come up with some fucking plan It's just It's a bunch of bullshit Even Modog, I mean He's kind of a funny little Yeah he's obviously a funny little head
1: That's going around But He's smarter than he looks <laughs> Like from what I gather, M.O.D.O.K. is like a legacy Marvel villain mm-hmm. and like nowadays mm-hmm. current usage of Modoc is kind of already joking about the ridiculousness of this character. Yeah,
2: like Pat and But
1: he's still like but he, he's he's still a threat though, right? Yeah, he's a big threat. It's just like I mean like he's a, a threat, huge but he's... threat. Like
2: he, he was the biggest crime organization yeah. on the planet <laughs> other than Hydra. And in the comics there's this awesome wool between hydra and aim that captain america has to get involved with because the is so caustic that it's going to destroy the planet and it's such a cool plot but is 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 modok still like a joke like a a jokey weird character not at all no not at he's terrifying in the comics
1: yeah interesting
2: he kills people all the time
0: yeah and the artwork of him too is fucking scary as shit
2: yeah, like he's re- this really wrinkly face mm-hmm. because he's like severely damaged from all the radioactivity that he's been exposed to.
1: Mm-hmm. But then also, there's like the Pat and Oswald show, right? Like people like that. The Pat and Oswald show definitely
0: was more of a comedic take on the character. And it wasn't something that I've watched. I've just seen like the trailer and some clips. But from what I can gather, it's a goofy show. And yeah, it's one of that's those... Like,
1: that's, like, a jokey side thing. But, uh, yeah, it's, like... I guess if you go with that tone in the MCU, the problem is that, like, because it's the main... The biggest thing Marvel does is the MCU. Uh, like, that's... That kind of... Representing him in the jokey way canonizes him in that way more.
2: Mm-hmm. Is, is that... Would that be the issue? The, the thing is, like, there's, there's no reason... For Kang to even give Cory Storr's character the suit to begin with. Th- there were so many dangerous monsters in the quantum realm. Why would he weaponize some, like, guy who just stumbled in there? You know, like, it just.
1: Because he was betrayed by the Pym family in the same way he was, right? I guess. Because, like, because, uh, yeah, Kang was screwed over by Michelle Pfeiffer, and so he relates to. I (laughs) get I don't know And he's not even that Like In the
0: movie He's not even that Threatening Like I remember There was a line That someone's just like Oh They sent the hunter After them And I'm like So you mean Modoc?" And When he like Shows up I'm like Everyone would make Fun of this guy Because The way he looks It just doesn't fit It's like If If they just had The casing over it With the costume Or if you want to Call it a costume The armor Then that's creepy as shit. But when it comes to just showing his face, you're like, You're afraid of that fucker? Yeah, it it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I think because of the way. Because he just uses a hired gun. Like, if this movie was just a ground level Ant Man movie where Modoc is the villain. Then he could have been the main guy and that and been taken more seriously. And like, yeah, you could be, you could be a little yeah. silly with it because you can't get around it. He's a goofy ass character.
2: Oh yeah, but like in the comic books, it would just be Spider Man like making fun of him or something like that. Yeah, that because Spider Man was the only
1: quippy one. I mean, Ant Man's kind of Ant Man's kind of quippy in the same way as Spider Man, isn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. A little bit, kinda. I didn't read a
0: lot of Ant Man.
1: I didn't read a lot of Ant Man e though. From what I like, I've like you know, I like, mean, read on like Wikipedia and like watched on like YouTube explainers like, like uh, specifically like the Scott Lang Ant Man is like supposed to be like a motor mouth doesn't shut the hell up, you know.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's his character. I mean, uh, like Michael Douglas is actually a pretty good pick for Hank Pym. Because like Hank Pym is supposed mm-hmm. to be this like really scarred, jaded scientist who says he's been screwed over by everyone, and so like it it, it really makes sense. And I think Paul Rudd evokes a Scott Lang too. Paul Rudd carries this movie
1: well, like as much as he possibly can. Like because if if Paul Rudd was wasn't as charismatic and likable as he is, uh, this movie would be completely unwatchable, and like it's barely watchable. <laughs> Thanks to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. It confused the fuck out of me, this whole thing. It, it just didn't make any sense when they got to the quantum realm because, again, they're withholding information. And even when we do get information, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know a shit ton about Kang, but when he's talking about, I've jumped into timelines and destroyed all different versions of me... I'm like, oh, you're losing me. I don't know what the fuck is going on.
1: This is some Doctor Who shit. It's very Rick and Morty ish.
2: Yeah, exactly. And... Like Kang feels a lot like Rick Sanchez, the Rickiest Rick or whatever. I mean, I guess. I mean, I <laughs> guess it should be
1: fair to say. I, I mean, as I assume, Rick and Morty took a lot of inspiration from the Marvel comics. Perhaps from comics right? perhaps. in general, because like, like the the whole Council of Kangs is that's a thing from the comics, right? So then, like, you know, that's not too different from Citadel of Rick's.
2: There was a really cool uh, timeline or a really cool series in Marvel during the 70s called the Celestial Madonna series. And so basically, Kang was not able to go to alternate versions of himself. But Mantis was this chosen being who can jump through different timelines. And so Kang has to go and find Mantis and use her powers to go to the different timelines. And that was just like a really cool arc that felt really grounded. And it gave him a really specific goal. Find Mantis. Mm. You know, like, mm. I don't understand why he got exiled to the Quantum Realm by the other kings. Yeah, that's, that,
1: that, that's what really confuses me. because mm. So he got exiled because all the other kings were afraid he would overtake them. So that means he would be the most
2: evil, powerful king. At least he
0: got his ass kicked by Ant-Man.
2: Like, Scott Lane kicking Kang's ass was the dumbest thing ever. It's like, really? This guy has destroyed entire realities, and he's getting beat up by this pickpocket from San Francisco. And then, like, and then spoiler alert, the fact that Kang dies at the
1: end of the movie means that, like, okay, I mean, variants of Kang are going to show back up. But the one we just got to know that has a history with characters that we know just doesn't exist anymore and we're not going to see him again. Why should I give a shit about all these Kang
2: variants? That post credit scene was so incredibly cringy. Like the first one it was, was so fucking terrible. <laughs> it's so it was so silly. There's a bunch of Kangs in a coliseum and they were wearing these like fair outfits that they looked like they bought from Party City. It's also
1: kind of problematic at the ends like the way they made they made jonathan majors like hooting and hollering in that arena like he's he's too good for this why are they why are they making yeah. him do this <laughs> it's goofy as fuck it's just it's something. like a little iffy What what are you doing with this crowd of black men acting like savages in the stadium like what are you doing
2: what what i also really didn't like about that post-credit scene is i have no idea what the fuck they're doing Like it's like, what what's your guys' goal? What what are you getting excited about? I mean, it
1: seems like the 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 bit the council that talks in the beginning of this scene. It seems like they're talking about, oh, one of them killed killed the the exiled one. Like they're talking about like a superhero killed him, and not another Kang. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And they're like, oh shit. So I I guess the implication is like, oh well, we're gonna take out all the superheroes. All right.
0: It goes back to. The fucking idea with like the first the infinity saga. Yeah. It's like Thanos is consistently built up. The infinity stones get pulled into it naturally. But with this it's like, oh yeah, you guys remember Thanos, we're just gonna do that again. And instead he's like multiplied by a thousand.
1: Yeah, they didn't do like they didn't do like a slow build up. They just they just they just gave away they just blew their load with this end credit scene. Here's the bad guy. Uh... And you know what's funny? Like, if you're invested in the MCU, literally the only thing you need to see to prepare for the next movie is just the end credit scene. Because yeah. everything that happens in the movie before the two end credit scenes... Doesn't matter. Uh, absolutely unengaging, not entertaining. Uh, like, I, it does, like... The less than the minimum of making uh, an entertaining action comedy movie. Like, the, it, it, the jokes the jokes suck. None of the characters have arcs. Like, Scott Lang starts off as a good father and then ends as a good father. That's it.
2: Yeah. And, and Cassie starts off as a rebellious teen who wants to stand up for uh, discriminated people. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And she ends that way, though. Like, there's no lesson learned. And, you know... There's no change. Yeah, at
1: the beginning of the movie, she's standing up for people that were displaced during the blip. And then, in the other movie, she's standing up for people that were displaced by Kang. Okay. Yeah. Great. The only character who has an arc in the movie is, uh, is Modok, but that... Arc is played for laughs. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> like when he's dying, it's just a joke. Like there's, he's X Modok.
2: I was really happy when he died though, because I think Corey Stoll is a pretty phenomenal actor. Yeah. And I was really happy that Corey Stoll would not have to degrade himself and play Modok again.
0: I'm happy they got rid of him and killed him off because then they don't fuck him up even more.
2: Yeah, but that this could
1: have been a moment instead of like having Modok be the big sacrifice. This could have been, like, it could have been Hank Pym making a big sacrifice. It should
2: have been Hank Pym. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Hank Pym should have made a big sacrifice. And then they could have had a genuine moment with his last dying breath. Like, instead of it being a MODOK who's played for laughs and him dying is just a joke. Yeah. You know, this whole thing is like, well, at least I got to die as an Avenger. And Ant-Man's like, yup, you sure did. Like, literally, like, the way I'm describing it is exactly how...
2: Those are the exact lines of dialogue.
1: The comedy is as half-assed as, like, something I would write when I'm just trying to push out a first draft to get it done.
2: Exactly. MODOK in this movie really feels like Golgi from The Black Cauldron. I don't know if either of you guys have seen the movie The Black Cauldron, but Golgi is this side character that is just painful to listen to. He has such an annoying voice. Mm -hmm. And his only function is to fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. And then he makes a heroic sacrifice at the end. And... You, yeah. you you're not sad that Gogi's killed at all? Because it's like thank God that guy's no longer around. He was annoying as shit. And that that's what Modok <laughs> M- M- feels like in this movie. When he dies, it's like awesome. And that and,
1: and the and the movie's aware of it too. Like the way it's written, they're aware of yeah. like, thank God he's gone. We were so tired of him. But it's like that that beat that plot point could have been used to create you know, like, like like I said, if it was Hank Pym, that could have been used to create a genuine moment of emotion. But uh, this whole time watching the movie, there's never a yeah. moment where you feel anything at all. You're just you're just receiving plot information. All this movie is is just to set up Kang. That's it.
2: What would have been awesome is if Scott Lang or Hank Pym is killed by Kang, but came, Kang is stuck in the quantum realm, and the rest of the family is able to escape. And they all mourn him and they're all like, well, his 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 sacrifice was noble because Kang is not able to get out of there. And then in an end credit scene, Kang escapes the quantum realm. That would have been cool.
1: I mean, well, I think what would have made sense is if this was a grounded story where it, it was it took place in uh, like aim laboratories and they're fighting Modoc is like it the the end teaser would be Modoc summoning Kang back from the quantum realm that would have made sense
2: yes yes that would have been great <laughs> like like if like if aim yeah. is detecting like a great power source from the the quantum realm and they're like okay we can use this power source and then they realize it's Kang.
1: or like or like the beginning stinger would be kang reviving uh darren cross turning him into Modoc, and then the plot happens he gets out of the quantum realm and then and then kang sits back while modok does his bidding that would have made sense structurally mm-hmm. you know that would have been more akin to like uh the villain in the first guardians you know just a guy doing the bidding for for thanos you know yeah but like this is just like a mess of a movie like why are they why are they using their big bad in then in this ant-man movie
2: <laughs> yeah like, why do they having like, Kang face Ant-Man of yeah. all the characters?
1: And it's, like, implied to be the mo- one of the most powerful Kang variants based on the reason he's banished. So it's like... Oh, God, I just thought of something.
0: Yeah. I why? really hope with... Because I don't... Is Fantastic Four in this phase
1: or it's the next one? I think the next one. I want to get into this because this is kind of part of if why...
0: Because if Kang is in the next phase and they fuck up Doctor
1: Doom, I'm gonna be pissed. Wait, let me give you a rundown on the on the, the phases coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So we just started phase 5 with this one, right? Yes. The movies in that include, and these are just the movies, I'm not including the TV shows, because the movies should be responsible for standing on their own uh D- disney's reliance on the shows to fill in stuff is is cheap and yeah. it's too much homework
2: the the sheer audacity of them saying look if you want to understand this movie first you gotta watch this show on disney plus yeah like it's like how dare you
1: here's the current layout for phase five right first is ant-man the wasp Quantumania,
2: mm-hmm.
1: then guardians of the galaxy three mm-hmm. then the marvels then captain america new world or- order I guess that would probably be the closest thing to a, a big team up movie. And then Thunderbolts, which is like a movie starring a a group of D-list sort of villains.
2: It's like the suicide squad pretty much.
1: Yeah, but the problem is is that all the MCU villains get killed in the third act, so what they're left with are like these really shitty ones. So do they all die in the third act? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then after Thunderbolts is blade, and that's as of now, that's the end of Phase
2: Five. That that sucks. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my big qualm with a lot of MCU stuff too is that the villains never team up, and that's what I loved about Marvel yeah. comics is that the villains always teamed up with each other to achieve their goals.
1: Yeah,
0: Modok and Doctor Doom, Tita.
1: Yeah, but it's like this th- this version of the Thunderbolts. It's it's gonna inc- include the Winter Soldier, who's not a villain anymore. Yeah. Ghost that's the v- for that's the villain from the second ant-man. Mhm. Jo- uh jo- John Walker and J- Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, Florence <sighs> Pugh's character from Black Widow, uh David Harbour as the Red Guardian. And then taskmasters.
2: These are all really lame characters. Like we're, we're not having yeah. ba- Baron Zemo on this task force. We're not having like a Spider Man. And building. they're not even
1: like they're not even like funny lame with like with the James Gunn Suicide Squads. Like Polkadot Man, that's a funny character. It would be yeah. it'd be interesting yeah. to see how they expand on this. You can't really do anything funny with with these characters.
2: Yeah, but what are they going to do with Florence Pugh's character? Yeah. Oh, she's Russian and she doesn't understand American culture. <laughs>
1: Originally, New World Order was going to be a show, but then they decided to rework it into a movie. Okay, that's fine. And then and then this is where... this is, Now getting to the thing you said about Fantastic Four. This is the lineup for Phase 6. This makes no sense to me. So this is what they have so far right? There's probably a few unannounced films, but there's only four laid out so far. It starts with Deadpool 3, then Fantastic Four, then Avengers The King Dynasty, then Avengers Secret Wars. Oh, they're gonna fuck up Doctor Doom! So that's that's one movie. That's that's Deadpool in 2024, Fantastic Four in 2025, and then it goes right into the uh, an Avengers team-up movie in the same year in 2025. And then... And then Avengers Secret Wars a year from then.
2: For our listeners who aren't able to see our reactions, which is to say all of our listeners, uh, Ian looks like he just lost a bet that he bet the entire house on. Yeah. Like, he, he is in great mortal pain right now. Yes. And, like, he, he, does, he looks like he can recover from this information.
1: So... Why would you save the Fantastic Four? It's literally... Like, the most important characters in marvel history for like this late in the game okay
0: i have to rant about this
2: yeah yeah okay let's give ian the floor because there's there's clearly a lot that he has to say right now
0: okay so having kang i barely know shit about kang so knowing that he's going to still be in then in this phase and then the next one dr doom if they fuck up Dr. Doom by being like, oh, Kang is more powerful than Dr. Doom, Dr. Doom started his own fucking country. He's an extremely smart scientist. He's super powerful. The movies fuck up his whole thing constantly because, you know, there's never been a good Fantastic Four movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, originally, in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, there was supposed to be an end credit scene that set up Dr. Doom.
2: Hmm. So... And also, that would work well, too, because Black Panther's first appearance was in a Fantastic Four comic. Yes. So the Fantastic Four has always had close relations with Wakanda. And I'm excited for Secret Wars, but
0: why are you doing Secret Wars after literally one Avengers movie that it's a character that we just got introduced to, Kang, and all the fucking sudden... You know, if, and why is Deadpool 3 before Fantastic Four?
2: The people want Fantastic Four. The 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 people want Fantastic Four. That's the superhero group that audiences love.
1: I know. I just... If they had any sense, they would have made Fantastic Four the first movie of Phase 5. They would have gotten their shit together sooner and gotten this Fantastic Four movie out r- sooner. Because yeah. the Fantastic Four are like the most important characters in marvel historically right like those are the first superheroes that actually have like interior lives from right so it's, it's like
2: marvel's first family i believe that it was they were stan lee's first characters in marvel if i'm not mistaken. and it was something where like
0: the comics there's i've had mixed feelings about fantastic four throughout the years but they've always been able to get back to solid ground yeah, I've never been like, oh, this just sucks. I'm gonna stop reading this. Like the the run of Ultimate Fantastic Four is incredible, just like the run of Ultimate Spider Man. But that's here or there. Mm-hmm. It, but it's just like, how are they supposed to even structure this? How are they even going to introduce things? It's like, and oh my god, I swear, if they have to, if they put Fantastic Four setups in the stupid Disney Plus shows, I'm gonna flip.
2: The, and, and that's what they're going to do. That's totally
1: what they're going to do. They should have done Fantastic Four instead of the Eternals. Oh, yeah. <sighs>
2: no one cares about the Eternals. No one gives a shit about that superhero group.
1: No one ever cared about the Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could have, if they had their stuff together sooner, they could have put Fantastic Four in, like, one of those two slots. Yeah. And then they could have had Reed Richards or something, like, take the place of, like, Nick Fury as, like, a recruiter for a new team. You know?
2: Oh, yeah, because like, like, Reed Richards too, is kind of like one of those characters. I I don't want to say that Reed Richards is like Batman because that's not true at all, but Reed Richards is is a man who constantly is building contingency plans and waiting for disaster to strike. Like, he has so many different, like, telescopes and monitors to different, like, dimensions and so on and so forth. So I feel like Reed Richards would be the first character. In the MCU to discover Kang as a threat.
1: Yeah, and, like, who, who like, fills the role of the recruit? Like, the closest thing we got to that is, like, Wong recruits Shang-Chi at the end of Shang-Chi. Yeah. But, like, he's not... Benedict Wong is Wong is 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 awesome he's awesome he's like actually like a low-key goaded character yeah
2: fortify your minds yeah. <laughs> i love that line so much he just screams fortify your minds before sc- the skull and Ritz attacks and it's the it's the funniest shit ever <laughs> strange
1: he's an awesome character and whenever he shows up in these movies he's super fun but i don't yeah. know how much he makes sense as like the guy to recruit Shang-Chi as, like, the uh, someone to uh, be the new Avenger.
2: Yeah, he, yeah, he's so supreme. supreme. Yeah. He's so supreme, so like, he really shouldn't be involving himself in that many earthly affairs, because he has, like, all this magic shit to deal with. Yeah, So, so like, why is gonna, he the recruiter?
1: So now we're just gonna have, like, who even is in the Avengers at this point? Like, the state of the MCU is so cluttered, I don't even know... The fucking Spider-Man.
2: Is is Spider Man in the MCU? I mean, is Black Widow still alive?
1: No, she's no, dead.
2: She's dead.
1: She died in Endgame. Remember? She's dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. she died in Endgame for good. But,
2: but th- didn't she come back when, when when they reversed the the blip? No, no. That th- th- this is th- this is why the Black Widow movie is so
1: dumb. It's a, it's a prequel movie, but not like a prequel like before she joined the Avengers. It's it's like after the events of Captain America Civil War.
2: Why? because well, why, why do we need this movie they
1: backtrack to an era that like everyone thought we were done with <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that's it's so very... fucking stupid you see th- this is mm-hmm. why I don't watch new Marvel movies yeah they just give me a headache and they make me mad like I and I don't enjoy having headaches and this is what Marvel's doing to me
1: yeah okay so I'm checking so Fantastic Four is scheduled to come out in February of 2025 and then and then Kang Dynasty comes out in May of 2025. So that's like just a few months after. So like- We have no time to register the Fantastic Four in the universe then. None of the members of the Fantastic Four have like gotten to meet any of the other characters.
2: They haven't like- Which by the way would be great. Ben Grimm is one of the best characters ever. And marvel yeah. and his interactions <laughs> with anyone is golden so fucking great
1: they need their time to establish themselves as
0: as characters
1: and also like i don't know comic things but isn't kang dynasty and secret wars like totally different stories that don't connect yeah they're
0: completely different so
1: it's like why would they why why would they put these two avengers movies next to each other like separated by just one year like, so then what What are you going to do in between 2025 and 2026 to set up stuff for Secret Wars? And, and again, like back to like who the fuck are in the Avengers nowadays? So I guess there's Shang-Chi who I'd argue like in the movie, the movie's okay, but it's like th- he doesn't really do anything heroic. He's not really that much of a superhero. He's just he's just there. All the conflict in Shang-Chi exists in a separate dimension that has no bearing on like our reality. Right. Sure. It
0: was a cool dimension, but it doesn't do anything.
1: Okay, so it's like Shang-Chi's probably an Avenger, right? Because Wong recruited him. And then Spider-Man for sure. you got to have Spider-Man, so that's two. I guess Doctor Strange is still around and kicking, so he's three. I guess he's like the new Tony Stark in that way, right?
2: I guess so, yeah. And then... I mean, there's the character from Wakanda Forever, the, the new Iron Man kind of. The, the girl who built an Iron Man suit.
1: Oh, Riri yeah, Williams. Yeah, hope. Yeah. I think they're just using Iron Heart for a Disney Plus show.
2: Yeah, all right. Okay.
1: Like they just set her up in what kind of forever just to give her a spin-off show. That's it.
2: I mean, is Thor still part of the Avengers? I guess Thor is still is around. He still yeah, alive? yeah mm-hmm. Thor is
1: still around. Okay. And then yeah, I guess the new Black Panther
2: uh, who's, you know,
1: so she's that's that's five. She's okay. She's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we got Thor and Doctor Strange. Okay. I don't know. Thor as a character is kind of a confusing mess. He keeps changing with every movie.
0: I wasn't really a fan of Multiverse of Madness. The only thing I really enjoyed was Sam Raimi's direction. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the story. I didn't understand why they were doing Scarlet Witch as a villain in that one. I was just sort of like, all right, in the MCU, though, she's, like, a a hero. So, like, what are you guys doing?
1: Well, isn't isn't the villain thing set up in WandaVision? Yeah, but... I just don't like it. That's the fucking problem with the current version of NCU is that I'm talking about these phases and I'm skipping over the TV shows. They're like putting a lot of importance on the TV shows and from what I understand, I think Kevin Feige is starting to realize that that's not working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like he, they're going to no they're going to hold back. <laughs> they're going to stop making like hyper serialized uh shows. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think Kevin Feige said, like, the new shows we're gonna make are gonna be things that can only exist as TV shows. So I assume that means more episodic, yeah. contained stuff. Well,
2: like, there's a great Marvel comic called Marvel Team Up, which is basically Ben Grimm teaming up with other superheroes. And usually he was just on a vacation, he was trying to enjoy himself. <laughs> and, then, and then a big supervillain comes, and he has his team up with Doctor Strange or something like that that would make a perfect TV show. That really would. And yeah, it wouldn't have yeah. to have any like major credence on the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. It could just be Ben Grimm like fighting supervillains and forming connections with other superheroes. That would be awesome.
1: Oh, and I just remembered, we didn't even talk about the second post-credits scene. That's <laughs> it, that's just a trailer for Loki season two.
2: I was so confused. Uh. I I haven't seen Loki, so I was just like, "What?" I okay. Owen Wilson. <laughs> okay, Owen Wilson's in this. Uh, I think there's a Kang variant who's discovering electricity or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And the annoying thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its stance too is that like they have the answer for everything because they've seen everything in the universe. And so, like, it's almost like they they try to, like, talk down to you when you critique, uh, like, uh, any Marvel movie. They'll be like, well, if if you've seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then you would have known that XYZ is here, and that's why you didn't get the movie, and that's why you didn't like it. And it's just like, uh, ugh. But I shouldn't have to do homework for movies. (laughs) I still do not have to do homework for movies and like it, it's, it's just such pseudo intellectualism.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think it's just like they spent all of phase four just kind of dicking around with no sense of buildup. Yeah. Like all the, all the post credit scenes in phase four, totally pointless. Don't know what happens in the post credits of black widow, but I know Shang-Chi, they set up that like Shang-Chi's sister or something is going to be in charge of the, the, all the ninjas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think in the Eternals post-credits, Harry Styles shows up. All right. And then uh, what happens in the post-credits of Spider-Man No Way Home? Um, I, I don't, don't remember.
0: Think... Was there one? Because I, I don't, don't really remember. There what...
1: must have been one. Let me look it up. There must have been. I can't remember. What the hell happened at the, in the post-credits for Spider-Man No Way Home? Um,
0: oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was fucking Venom. And um... Oh, yeah. That was useless.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They spent all this time. Yeah, okay, I remember this now. Because in Venom two, they tease uh, Venom winding up in the MCU by accident, and then they put
0: him back in the Sony verse,
1: and then all just for them to put him back. It kind of, it almost kind of felt like it was just there to fulfill a contractual ob- obligation between Kevin Feige and and Amy Pascal. Like Amy Pascal was like, Kevin, you gotta let me put Venom in the MCU. And then Kevin's like, okay, I'll do the bare minimum.
0: (laughs) Okay, so also the other reason why Eddie Brock was in there was because to set up the symbiote. Oh, yeah. Because that little, like, squirt
1: from it, you know, shows up in there. Okay, sure. But, like, the thing is, is, like, whenever they do something, whenever the post credit scene just sets up something that could only affect the hero, the specific hero... I just don't trust them anymore that they're actually going to follow through with it. They set up a villain in the post-credits for the first, first Doctor Strange, right? The other wizard guy. And then they don't do that in the second Doctor Strange. Like, they don't follow through on things.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, what I like about Quantumania is that it's the first... Marvel film that critics are kind of panic along with the totals. Yeah. And that makes me think that th- this is a good... Hopefully this will be serve as a sign to Kevin Feige and his team that, oh wow, what we are doing is simply not working. And we need a fix. We need a course correction. We, we need a course correction.
1: Every- everything is half-assed. Like, the, the story is half-assed. The-, uh, the effects are half-assed. The jokes are not based in the characters they're just jokes for the sake of jokes Mm-hmm. yep yeah they just uh and then and then i think i think the writer of this movie uh what's his name jeff loveness is that it he hasn't
2: written anything other than this
1: well no he's he he, he was a rick and morty writer
2: oh that makes uh, a lot of sense then uh, it makes a lot yeah. of sense
1: it's the most rick and morty of the mcu movies
2: and not a good way either. Not as a compliment. It's it. Yeah. This is to its detriment.
1: Yeah, and guess and guess who? Guess what else he's hired on to write? Uh,
2: what? what?
1: Avengers: The King Dynasty.
2: Uh. I mean, fellas, we've talked so much about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's breaking me down. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But James Gunn's announcement for the DC Universe yeah, which seems pretty awesome. Oh hell, yeah.
1: And also quick side note i'm I'm excited for what he's doing with the d c universe. I'm like actually like surprised how into the d c movies I am now more than the Marvel movies. That's like so bizarre because oh, yeah. I, I was a Marvel mm-hmm. fanboy. For a long time and now I'm like, never mind, DC's is my new best friend.
2: Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: Also, I'm excited for Volume Three of Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the only yeah, Marvel me movie I'm That's looking
0: too. That's the only Marvel to. movie
1: I want to see. It's
2: the only one that I look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But with the DC movies, it's really funny because I mean, for me, I think the DC EU was totally like all over the place and really needed to be Oh yeah. Like But at the same time, there are things in Marvel movies now that remind me of the issues that I had with with like shit like Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. It's it's the same. They're not setting things up. It's just like here's a bunch of bullshit.
1: Yeah, they're just doing a bunch of bullshit and not pacing themselves to set up the bigger universe
2: stuff. And the thing is, along that line, a movie doesn't necessarily need to set up another movie like you could yeah. have a good self-contained story they don't they didn't even do that with this one <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> no, yeah, that's, yeah true. that's what i'm saying like they don't even these movies like don't set anything up and they don't work as stories like, like they fail on both fronts i mean we all liked um
1: doctor strange multiverse of madness enough right
2: iffy I like the parts that Sam Raimi directed. Yeah, that's about before, it. <laughs> before the reshoots. Before the reshoots.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like. I like that. the only ones I really liked were Doctor Strange: the Multiverse Madness and Spider Man: No Way Home. And neither of those do. Neither of those do. Like they're good movies, but they don't do anything in the end to set up a larger the larger story of the MCU. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Once
0: they did Spider Man: No Way Home, they can't beat that. That was just such a huge deal. That ever, obviously, we all knew that Toby and Andrew were going to be in it, but it it caused such a uproar, and everybody was into it.
2: Also, it was just such a fantastic reset for Tom Hole and Spider Man because mm-hmm. I had major qualms with yeah. Tom Hole and Spider Man for those first two movies because Spider Man is an inherently working class character. He's someone who makes his own suit. He's someone who is constantly struggling to pay his rent and so yeah. on and so forth. But with the first two John watches uh, Spider-Man movies, he's this trust fund baby for Tony Stark, who pretty much just does anything that Tony tells him to do. And uh, they fixed that. They really did fix that in No Way Home. And I appreciate that. It, it, it seemed like John Watts was having a dialogue with his audience and I appreciate that. And with the overall Marvel Universe and with this film, it really feels like Kevin Feige and the rest of the heads at uh, the MCU just simply are not listening to the fans. They're, they're, they're not listening to them. And the only way that they're going to stop listening to them is if the movies stop making any money.
0: Which is, you know, an issue. But I'll say, because... When I saw Ant-Man 3, or Quantum Mania, whatever you want to fucking call it. Ant-Man um, 3, yeah. Ant-Man 3, that's what I'm calling it. Um, Ant-Man 3, I mean, the theater I went to was a full house. Yeah, yeah mm. so it was something where I was like, <sighs> shit.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what's even more of a joke than the current MCU? What? Sony's Spider-Man extended universe which
0: I'll say Morbius was better than this. That's true. Okay, so
2: Morbius was better than Quantumania. My god.
1: Can I remind you guys of the lineup for Sony's Spider-Man spin-off movies? Yes. Um okay. Um well wait, first let me check. Do they have any uh, future Spider-Man movies locked in?
2: I think I think they have Spider-Man 4 Tom Holland's. Yeah, they're still developing it I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's coming out. I don't know when that's coming out, but here are the estimations for the weird spin off movies. First, Craven uh, the Hunter, due th- October of this year.
2: Okay. Cool.
1: All right. I'm excited for that. Um,
2: I am. Aaron Tyler Johnson is going to play Craven the Hunter. They have a pretty good director. Yeah, yeah dude. But, like,
1: Craven the-, the Hunter's whole deal is that is that he wants to hunt Spider Man because he's, like, the greatest game, right? Yeah. So, like, is Spider Man going to be in this movie or not? We don't know because they didn't do that with Morbius or Venom. Probably not. That's true. Probably not.
2: I think it's gonna be a good standalone story, though. Like J.C. Chandor uh, has directed Margin Call, Almost Valoniu, All Is Lost. He's he's a good filmmaker, so oh, yeah. I have I have good uh, great hopes for this film. Yeah, oh,
1: and, then, and then and then and then this one's even funnier. Is uh, El Muerto is still in production?
2: The Bad Bunny movie. Right? <laughs> yeah, and based
1: on a character that is so ir- irrelevant that to this day, El Muerto does not have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, he's pointless. (laughs) I'm not joking. I was like, because when it was first announced, I tried to look him up. No Wikipedia page. He's just on a list of Spider-Man villains with no link to him. And even now, there still isn't, even after the announcement of his movie, there still is not an Rerto Wikipedia page. No one cares about this character. And then you Madam texted Webb. me about
0: that one day, and I was just like, I don't even know who the fuck that is.
1: <laughs> uh, from what I understand, he was only in two comics.
2: Also, a uh, Bad Bunny is not a good actor, so we got that problem too. It, I, I don't know if you guys have seen Bullet Train, but no, not yet. They they didn't give uh, Bad Bunny lines, and he still managed to suck. So I I really am not looking forward to Elmerocho whatsoever.
1: All right, so what else is going on? And then Madam Web. And then another Venom movie. Okay. And the, the Venom ones seem to be okay. the only ones that are like going anywhere. And then other films in development. These aren't like locked in yet. Right. Uh, a Sinister Six movie.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. The Sinister Six is, an, is a kick ass villain yeah, group. Let's like I, I hope go. that's good.
1: I assume the Sinister Six would probably be a Spider Man movie with the Sinister Six in it. I'd hope if they were smart that's what they would do yeah and then uh, yeah. nightwatch what's that i
2: don't know they watched the night based a...
1: on the character nightwatch that's, right. that's that's something i don't know so <laughs> apparently sony wanted spike yeah. lee to direct the film but then that didn't i guess that fell through yeah. weird
2: yeah. and then
1: and then jackpot it's like who the fuck are these characters
0: they're just pulling things that they have that's pretty much it
1: mm. and then an untitled robert or Orsi project. Co-writer
0: of the amazing Spider-Man 2, everybody.
2: And then an, an untitled Olivia Wilde project. Truth be told, truth be told, from what you're telling me so far, I'm actually looking forward more to the Sony cinematic universe than the Move Cinematic Universe.
1: Just because it's kind of a shit show? Well, not even that. It's it's just su- it's such a shit show that it's entertaining.
2: But it's also characters that I'm excited for, like craving the hunt on the Sinister Six yeah. and Madame Web.
1: But so far, like with these previous, uh, like villain movies Sony's done, like because that they just turned them into boring heroes. No, it's fun. <laughs> like they took Both away everything were... that was cool about them. Morbius is a boring hero. Venom's a boring hero, and Spider-Man's in,
2: not in them. <laughs> All right, I'm
0: gonna argue for Venom at least. I think. Yeah.
2: In praise of Venom.
0: <laughs> Venom is a fun dumbass that I uh, yeah. really enjoyed. Especially like with um Let There Be Carnage, they have such an odd couple relationship.
1: It's really funny. Yeah. I mean I guess I, I guess Venom has enough personality to carry a movie as a character, but like Craven the Hunter? Like, he's just a guy who hunts.
2: Oh yeah. No, he he's gonna succeed. This movie's gonna be good. That's gonna this be fun. This movie's gonna be good. And when, when we do review this movie in October, you can play this clip back. Read my lips. Craven is going to be good.
1: Okay, and here's my Go prediction ahead. for Cra- for the Craven the Hunter movie. Uh, Craven the Hunter is going to be a good guy. Uh, he, he was a, he was going to be a hunter that decided he no longer wants to hunt animals and instead he saves animals. That's going to be fucking what Sony's going to do.
2: I don't think it is, because J.C. Chando like, focuses on a lot of villainous characters in his movies. Okay. Like, Margin Cole is all about these ruthless stockbrokers who d- don't give a shit about anybody. And, like, uh, A Most Violent Year is just uh, oh, yeah. Oscar Isaac trying to rebuild uh, Detroit mm-hmm. with all these vicious politicians coming at him. So, like, J.C. Chando definitely takes a walk on the wild side. And uh, certainly doesn't care about having redeemable characters. So I I think this movie's going to be good. Yeah.
1: But, like, if, if Spider-Man's not in it, what's the point?
2: Don't worry about it. They'll figure it like, out.
1: Like, who is he hunting? Who is he hunting? They'll figure it out. Don't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll figure okay. it out. Don't I don't think it. they'll figure it out. They didn't figure it out with Morbius.
2: Maybe he'll, he'll hunt Venom. That'd be cool. Yeah, why not? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. My favorite thing about Venom Let There Be Carnage is that Paul Thomas Anderson is a fan of it. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that makes me really happy that Paul Thomas Anderson lo- likes Venom Let There Be Carnage. I
0: I had a lot of fun with the Venom movies. You know, they're not smart by any means, but I uh, you know, like with the first one, dumb as shit, definitely. Yeah. But it had this it has a rewatchability that like with Venom and Eddie and even the action is like pretty good too and then in Let There Be Carnage it is pretty much a cartoon come to life that's pretty much what it is and the yeah. humor is great I think Andy Serkis did a really good job directing that one um,
2: I love that Andy Serkis of all people directed that yeah it's like way to go buddy like I'm, I'm just happy for him mm-hmm. I'm just like uh, I, I hope Andy Serkis is staying hydrated and getting enough sleep yeah like that, that's a man that I just want to see succeed in life mm-hmm. But regardless, let's get back to Quantumania. Wrap this shit show of an episode up.
0: All right, so Colin, what are you going to give Ant-Man 3?
2: Uh, One and a half stars. Oof. One of those stars is for uh, Jonathan Majors as King, who I think did a great job. And the other half is for the occasionally funny joke. Like, like i not going to lie, I did laugh when Corey Starr said... But look at me, I'm I'm a dick. Like 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 even though that was uh, like what he, the movie did with Modoc was so terrible. That was a funny joke. That, yeah, that I mean it's giggle. like
1: yeah, I agree. Like I did laugh at that too. But mm-hmm. like, that being like a major plot beat in the movie plot point. Yeah, it's th- terrible. Th- th- the fact that yeah. that's what, that that that's what they they do this stupid half ass joke, for like a major moment in the movie is so stupid it's so dumb it's like this this movie has no heart to it at all yeah my rating is uh, also one and a half because yeah i did laugh at that (laughs) joke and i guess i did laugh at the guy with no holes i guess uh michael douglas is uh, good and paul rudd is uh trying his best um you know what's funny this whole time we never talked about the wasp no. We never talked about Evangeline Lily.
0: There's not enough to talk there about. To talk about. Yeah, there was nothing to talk about. Yes.
1: There was nothing to talk about. But her her character is in the title. Like they could have just, the yeah. just called this. They could have just called this Ant Man Quantum Mania. It would have been easier to say. <laughs> but
2: it'd be fun if it's a, if it was Ant Man Lost in Quantumania. That's a fun title. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds like a Tintin comic. But yeah,
1: like I like I've been saying, like this movie is just so half assed and ugly and like totally misses the Mm. point of what made the first two Ant-Man movies fun so yeah
0: I'm gonna give it a half star
1: wow
2: not even a full star just a sliver of a star that you you throw at it
1: so what does that one sliver go to uh
0: that goes to the first act of the movie and that's it because I liked the first act that was actually kind of fun but everything else I hated hmm
1: they fucked up, Modoc. I wish the f- I wish the first act of the movie like opened with uh, a standard Ant Man adventure, you know, just to remind you of why you like Ant Man. Just you know, I want to see them running around and shrinking and stuff.
2: Just him stopping a bank robbery or something. Yeah, yeah, like
1: have him have him jump through a keyhole and stuff.
2: It would have been great if they did the same thing, like in the beginning of the Incredibles, where like Ant Man has to be somewhere, mm-hmm. but these crimes keep on like happening. Yeah, around or like the him, opening of like, Spider Man. Like, 2. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Like what's the yeah, like they they, they forget to remind you why we like Ant Man.
0: <laughs> the other thing is yeah. just like and also the other thing I liked was Jonathan Majors. I do think he did a really good job as Kang, but I don't know shit about Kang, so I can't really say you know
2: Why does he want to leave the quantum realm? He's got a good thing going yeah. on down there.
1: So he can destroy more worlds. But
2: why does he want to destroy other worlds? Like, what's his M.O.? I, I, I don't get him at all.
1: Yeah, and, and, in, and in every reality, Kang is just this guy that loves to conquer timelines. All right.
0: But here's the thing. I just felt like this was... This was a movie that barely felt like a movie. It was so dull and bland and yeah. i checked out as soon as they were like just talking about timelines of reality and eternity and my head was just hurting because everything else just didn't make a lick of sense so yeah. a half star from me
2: i mean i'm hoping that this movie is kind of like a like a death toll mm-hmm. for for uh, the marvel cinematic universe and that like Kevin Feige looks at the critical and commercial reception of this movie and says to himself, oh no, if we don't change, this is going to be the death of the mobile cinematic universe. That's probably not going to happen because like you said, the theater was still packed Mm -hmm. that I went to. People still love going to see these shitty movies. But I'm hoping like in the same way that like in like the mid 2010s, Adam Sandler was like, oh God, I need to stop making shitty comedies or else I'm not going to be even able to do anything in, with my career anymore. Mm-hmm. I hope Kevin Feige lo- looks at this and he says like, we we need to make some substantial changes because what we're doing right now simply isn't working. And we're also going to be getting an incredible alternative to the MCU with James Gunn's DC Universe. Yeah. So I'm hoping that... The, that James Gunn makes Kevin Feige step his shit up because mm-hmm. that's really what Kevin Feige needs to do.
1: Yeah, and I really think that like the last good MCU movie is probably gonna be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, yeah. yeah. At least for a long time, mm-hmm. like because like from this lineup and based on like the, s- the structure that we talked about, like, like I don't know, I was thinking like their Fantastic Four movie could be good if they did it earlier and like set things up yeah. and like because put put, they're gonna it's gonna be a rushed product the Fantastic Four movie it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a goddamn multiverse movie the Fantastic Four movie
0: and it's sad because the only good Fantastic Four movie is the one that was never supposed to be released done by Roger Corman for a million dollars
2: is that one worth seeing Ian?
0: yeah it is it's really fun
2: okay like I've like yet to see any Roger Corman movies yet like, I, that's a director that I want to check out.
1: Oh, you got a lot to see.
2: Yeah. Big fan of Little Shop of Horrors. Big fan of how he gave Coppola a career. Without Roger Corman, there would be no Godfather. Yeah. So th- thank you, Roger Corman, for helping all the film brats out. Do, do you guys want
1: to make a pact after Guardians 3 to just not talk about Marvel movies? Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, because cause this episode, I, I, I did not have fun. This was not a good time. I feel drained. Uh, we apologize to the fans out there for for
0: making a towner mood.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't I don't think anyone's gonna finish this episode on the morning commute to work and then say to themselves, oh boy, it's time to go to work. You know what I mean? This this episode isn't isn't lifting anyone up. Because l- like we there's nothing to discuss with Quantumania. It's a movie that doesn't deserve a discussion. As in our tournament we just talked about how the MCU sucks. And there's so many podcasts yeah. that already do that.
1: It's such a bummer because, like, everything, almost everything leading up to Endgame was great. And now post-Endgame, and with the exception of Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, everything's just been dog yeah. shit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Listeners out there, thank you so much for getting through the slog of an episode. We promise that <laughs> we, we, we promise that we won't be reviewing any other Marvel films other than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three for a while. I mean, like maybe in twenty twenty five, there's a kick ass new Marvel movie that comes out that that, that we're taught upon. But Kang maybe Dynasty. we'll do
1: Fantastic Four. I guess we gotta do like the three event movies that come right next to each mm-hmm. other you know fantastic four for some reason and then kang and then uh secret wars But, but
2: we're not touching any one of the of marvel movie anymore yeah yep. so as always thank you for listening if you like what you heard please leave a comment or like the video on youtube please subscribe please tell other people about this podcast all right so long later Bye. take care bye-bye Hey, all you loyal listeners out there, this is uh, Colin, the editor for this week's podcast. I probably didn't even need to introduce myself in that way because it, it's probably very evident that I am neither Ian nor Ross, but regardless, I have an announcement to make. So the other stories and I are very, very deep into pre-production for our latest film, Cosmic Coffee, which is filming in April. And so we've decided that we need to take a break from this podcast because we need to focus on making our goddamn movie happen. Well, sorry to uh, be taking this break, but having a podcast actually takes a lot of work. I was under the presumption that I would just have to talk on mic for about an hour and we would upload that audio file but believe it or not you gotta edit the audio file you gotta mix it like i've been it's a lot of work man so we're gonna take a break on our work with this podcast to focus our energies on making our movie happen but we shall return in may so thank you so much for listening And uh, we'll see you all in May. Or rather, we will heal. Or rather, you will heal all of us in May. So take care. Have a wonderful day. We hope to heal from you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.